Live from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder, at the high top table, is the big fella, the tuna country Matt Kempf. And bellied up to the bar, a man who I didn't think about long enough to come up with a witty introduction this week, but a man who we are very thankful to have back in the Bill's Famous Cheese Spread Studios with us tonight, the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. Welcome back from vacation. Glad to be back, guys. I mean, you, um, you're wearing an American flag scarf, but the way it's thrown over, you couldn't look more like a Frenchman than I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't even know how this is possible. Uh, I had to wear the uh, American uh, scarf for the Mexico-USA match tonight. Uh, great rivalry, is in it? case anyone didn't know. Is it a rivalry? It is. Man, no, no idea. Somebody could make a lot of money if they uh, did it, some sort of documentary film about the rivalry. Couldn't agree more. Get that on, would be get on awesome. it, Bezos. <laughs> I would love to see a documentary. Uh, you didn't say nothing about my tan, though. What do you think? Great tan. That? Great tan. You happy now? I have no lines. No farmer tan. <laughs> I don't want to think tan. about how those that got there. Uh, but uh, I'm feeling great. You didn't say nothing about my Reds hat. Why would I? Because we're hot, baby. We're hot. That's cute. America's team. Okay. That's fun. Good to be here, guys. I'm going to talk about that America's team thing here in just a little bit. We are uh, watching the pregame to the USA-Mexico soccer game. We also have the uh, final holes of the U.S. Open on, which uh, started earlier today. Tons of stuff to get to this week, guys. Uh, I do want to uh, thank everybody that listens every week, remind everyone that we are on social media, on Twitter, at BlockoutPod. On Facebook, just type uh, Blockout Sports Pod into your uh, Facebook search bar. Um, I thought we would get started tonight. Uh, Fred had a great breakdown of the Belmont Stakes, which was uh, took place last, last Saturday and uh, turned out to be a pretty good race, much as Fred had anticipated. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, God. Uh, Fred, why don't you tell us all how that uh, how that worked out and uh did anyone i know i didn't make any money on on the race but uh fred did you and did it kind of work out the way you thought it might well it did a little bit uh i mean um you know the of course i'm so i apologize if anyone had hit show or any of the horses that i went after i was trying to get value um 
Archangelo was the winner, which a, a lot of people knew that was a hot horse firing uh, big time. And, and I think if I remember right, I said that that horse might be one of the better horses at the end of the year come Breeders' Cup time. Uh, but I do want to give a great shout out to that horse and uh, and his trainer, which and is, his trainer that was, that was really cool. Uh, Jenna Antonucci, Antonucci, who, who, Nucci, who is a female trainer, and how cool is that? Excellent quote that she had after doing that. Yeah, which I agree. Was, if they don't give you a seat at the table, you make your own table. Yeah. And I really and thought that was cool. How awesome. And yeah. the video of her watching the race, I don't know if you guys have oh, seen dude, that. Oh, dude, she was into it, man. She did, She got kind of overtaken at some point about halfway through the race. I'm not sure that she even remembered what the name of her horse was. She didn't. She was calling she it was horse. She was going, go horse, go horse. Yeah. <laughs> And man, it was awesome. With all the big dogs involved in that, uh, Babford, Cox, all that, it was very cool. Uh, And and dude, she knew she had a hot horse, and and a lot of people knew she had a hot horse. Uh, Went off at great odds. That was a great value horse. Um, And whoever bet that, uh, God love you. I mean, I'm telling you, it was great, but let's... Let's be real. Forte ran a fantastic... Dude, that was a great race. It really was. I think some of the horses made their move a little too late, but that is the Belmont Stakes. There is more there at the end than you know until you get there. And, uh, buddy, they were coming. Matter of fact, after Arcangelo crossed the line, the next... And there was a dead heat for third. The next... Four horses were within one link of each other. I mean, it was uh, pretty awesome. So Forte ran a great race. I really believe in that. Uh, flying at the end. Uh, Tap it trice. Uh, Tuna's old horse ran a great race. And we'll, there will be a lot coming from him. Old news. Next time. Uh I mean, I'm looking for him to pop up in a couple other races down the line. Uh, Hit Show, I thought, ran a really good race. And Angel of Empire, they were in the dead heat uh, for fourth. And uh, I I was pretty, I was just impressed by all all those horses coming at the end. Um, I still think all five of those horses are great horses. Don't forget. On Sunday was the Matt Wynn Stakes, and guess who won that? Disarm, the horse that was for, uh, fourth in the Derby, beat Verifying. So, Disarm is moving up the list, folks, for uh, some future races like the Travers and, and things that are upcoming. So, um, if you really, I, I'm going to end it with this. That I have the top three-year-olds um, on a list here, and I think that's how we should leave it and see like how how these horses are coming in. And I'm talking about fillies uh, as well. Um, don't forget about Pretty Mischievous, who has won her last two, including the Oaks. Right. So if you look at it this way, I have my top seven, Forte one. And yes, I have Forte one. B 
because he ran that race and was probably going to be the favorite in the Derby and a couple more. That horse is ready in the next race. Mage. Are you, hold on, hold on. I'm confused. Are you just doing an overall ranking of what yes, you think the best horses are? Right okay. now, this is just my opinion. Okay. Forte, Mage, who hasn't ran since he won. Angel of Empire, who has been up by the front every time. Pretty Mischievous, who's won her last two. I throw Disarm up there. I throw Archangelo next. Tap it Trice. And then National Treasure. Uh, and then hit show. Uh, but we've got some good horses, and I hope that all of them are in running like these horses. You know, you kind of start pulling away from kind of like the four-year-olds are now. Uh, Zandon, White Abario, uh, Charge It. Uh, you have these horses that you see now that were in the Derby that have pulled themselves away from everybody else. That are doing real well. And these horses are getting ready to do those same things for the Breeders' Cup. So, anyways, it was a good race. And uh, hopefully Disarm jumps in there. And I would love to see him running against some of these horses. Including Pretty Mischievous. I would love to see her run against the boys in, in a race. Maybe the I Travers agree. or something. I agree. So, uh, but horse racing is kind of going to take a back seat for a while. Oh, that's a shame. And on to other races did you have money on national treasure not on bad horses yeah you do no nope. you had national treasure <laughs> in that race there's and more he did important not things win. in life than horse uh, racing jerry Freddie. all right well uh, i know you have money on oral roberts but in in the uh oral roberts didn't run in, in the bell in the belmont stakes in uh the baseball uh and speaking of that uh that's a great segue let's let's jump right into that quickly um the NCAA baseball tournament continued this past weekend. And uh, Tuna, I know that you are a uh, extremely interested and um, uh, someone that follows it very closely. So what were your thoughts about There's the something tournament? I, I want to bring up with you. Um, as an IU fan, Travis, well, what, what are your thoughts on the accusations of the Hoosiers cheating at um, Kentucky Proud Park against the UK Wildcats. I honestly have no idea you what you're talking about. about. No. Okay. Um, there's there's been a lot of a uh, lot of commotion between a lot a lot of drama between IU and UK. I uh, love it. Apparently the 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 first game that they played, Kentucky was saying that um, IU had cameras set up out there and was filming signs and relaying that information. I did sort of hear like that a, they didn't want to play. They're never going to play them again. Again, yeah. I heard that. Uh, I, I was upset at the way that the Kentucky players were dancing and grinding their hips when they got on base. Uh, they seemed like a bunch of curmudgeons that were cheaters. Wow. Um, I don't know really what happened I mean, there. The way I see it is uh, Calipari said years ago after Indiana beat their ass. <laughs> that he didn't want to play them anymore at Assembly Hall because he was frightened by the hey, atmosphere. I was at that game, and I was frightened when I ran out of the And, Fred, the you should have been. Uh, I didn't know that that rivalry was that bad until I took off running out of there <laughs> and had people coming at me left and right. I was, I've never been – I'll be honest with you all. 
I have never been. I've been to Bama games at the Iron Bowl versus Auburn on the Plains. I've been to other games, and I have never. I've never been to Death Valley versus LSU. Sorry, Clemson, you're not Death Valley, and little old Clemson. And uh, but I have never left a sporting event fearing for my life like I did after that last second shot. That who hit it, Travis? Christian Watford. Christian Watford against Anthony Davis and company. And I ran, I, we took off out of there, and I've never had people searching for me on the way out of that place. I was scared for my life. Uh, it was actually pretty impressive. I was, I was, I've never been so fired up when I got out of, out there to see the sunlight. Uh, I'll just say this, Tuna. Uh, I'm going to assume that, uh, that whole scenario you just laid out was complete bullshit. And, uh, <laughs> and I can't imagine that my beloved Indiana Hoosiers would ever do anything untoward or, uh, you know, do something like that, setting up cameras. I mean, quite frankly, uh, if I was Indiana, I might, uh, have my lawyers look into this. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Uh, nobody <laughs> believes anything that happens down in Lexington anyway. They're, they're a bunch of scumbags down there. Uh, nobody really and, – and like I said – like, like I said last week, uh, they had to go to Baton Rouge where hopes and dreams go to die, and that's exactly what happened. So Baton Rouge ate up the Kentucky Wildcats and spit them out. As so, they do many people. As and, they do many people. So uh, – In baseball. Do you have the? Uh, do you have the? In football, the uh, the the brackets. Yeah, it's where um, you can tell us who is left and uh, what you see happening going forward. Okay, so tomorrow, Friday, um, we have it starts out with Oral Roberts and TCU. And I know Travis is a big Oral Roberts fan. Um, maybe not the university, but as a person, I know he loves Oral Roberts. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, yes. Yes. So we have the Christians from TCU against the Evangelist from Oral Roberts. So this should be. Uh, Who loves Jesus more? <laughs> Jesus, That's what we're going to find out. Jesus here. will be in the building for the game <laughs> tomorrow. So that'll be fun. Um TCU is probably they're my sneaky pick to win it all. Uh, they've been really hot. They've been crushing the ball lately. Uh, they have. I don't know how they're oh, going to do when they get against some of this top notch pitching that they're going to face going forward. That's what you said about football. Yeah. Well, no, T- <laughs> no, no. TCU. I, I said they were crap all year. What's going then, on in TCU? Are they like paying? How? How are they on top of the world it's on everything? What's going on to them horn frogs? They have the power of Christ. Oh my um, lord. And then the night game tomorrow <laughs> is Virginia and Florida, which I don't know what Man, to make that's of this. A tough game. It is Virginia. I've kind of put them down most of the year and said they're overrated, overrated, overrated. They've looked pretty good here in this postseason. Florida has been solid all year. That's a tough team to face. Um, so I don't really know what's going to happen here, but I like TCU to come out of this end of it. Uh, Saturday we have. A great matchup with LSU and Tennessee, which, all right, LSU, they're going to win this first game. Skeens is pitching his butt off right now, who is incredible. And I believe that 
D- Dylan Cruz, who has the third best batting average right now in all of college baseball, um, he hit his first career home run off of Skeens, Paul Skeens, when Skeens was a pitcher at Air Force before he transferred. And now they're teammates at LSU, which is kind of a cool That's story. Crazy. So, and then um, you have two of the most pretentious schools in all of college going against each other next with Stanford and Wake Forest. Hey, by the way, can we can we hit on that Stanford Texas game, dude? Yeah, what a what? terrible We've way to lose talk that game. About. We've got to talk. Yeah, there were so many things that went on in that game. I mean. For that ball to get, I mean, for you to lose a game because a ball gets caught in the lights, like, what do you, what do you do there? Like, I mean, we all played baseball as, as kids. Like, when a fly ball gets lost, you're, you're, there's nothing you there's can do. There's nothing you can do. You but just, what about the other things that happened in that game? I mean, the home one, run that wasn't the exactly. Home run that wasn't. Yeah, the guy sticking his hands up in the air, <laughs> throwing his helmet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, that just hit the wall. Yeah. In right center, right whatever center. it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. but That what, was a crazy game. I just, it uh, was. And honestly, uh, Tuna and I talked about it last week. Things like that uh, bring more eyeballs. Because that the finish of that game, as wonky as it was, it was went viral mm-hmm. and oh there were no other games were on either it was great about that game the next day i mean i must have seen it 40 times on my social media feeds and that's the thing college baseball there's so many especially this time of year there's so many exciting moments throughout and it's like the ncaa is trying to turn viewership away because you see the big bat flips you see uh who was the kid um this team ran out there and put a chain on him while he was running to home plate. That was Indiana. Yeah, that was Indiana. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but drink. Yeah, that's something that like I don't see a problem with that and it makes it more fun and your whole purpose is to try to grow this game more and get more people watching. And the Indiana kid, uh, he ran out like a foot and a half out of mm-hmm. the dugout. Yeah, it wasn't it on that big. No, it really no, wasn't a big deal. But the wasn't. NCAA made it a bigger so deal now, than what it needed to be. So now I'm accusing Kentucky and uh, their mm-hmm. tournament organizers of cheating Indiana. No, yeah, by doing that. Sounds like a total mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I don't know. You can't trust UK. But Anything I think we doing. need to make our picks. I think we need to pick a winner. Well, now, so far, everybody that we've picked has been losing. Right, so. but I think we need to now pick a winner now that they Okay, are now that in, it's serious, that we it pick a winner. Yes. Okay. Um, man, my my brain is telling me LSU. Um, My heart is telling me anybody but Wake Forest, and the other part of my heart is saying TCU. So I'm going to go with Hypnotoad on this one. And TCU takes us home. We just cannot have Wake Forest win a championship in well, any sport. Travis, what about you? So you're telling me that uh, Indiana is eliminated. Yeah, unfortunately, they, they didn't make <laughs> Indiana it. Indiana State is gone. Indiana State is eliminated. Yeah, Ball State didn't make the cut either. Ball State is eliminated. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt is eliminated. Oh, yeah, they're gone. Kentucky is eliminated. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I'm I, kidding. I wouldn't pick Kentucky if they were playing the Islamic State. So, oh, oh my dang. Lord. oh, uh, Roy Hobbs. 
<laughs> Where have you gone? I am going to take. God, I can't take Tennessee either. Mm. Mm. I'm going to say this. I'm going to take Texas Christian too. I'm going to go uh, two for okay. two, and I'm going to take TCU to win the whole thing. Hypno Toad. All right, what you got, Frederick? Well, I thought he was going to take Oral Roberts, but uh, I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now that Dallas, uh, they're out of it. Dallas uh, Baptist. Dallas Baptist is out of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I we're I, only we, down to two. Religious we got a couple now. of uh, good buddies that have moved in town from Baton Rouge into Louisville. Uh, there is now a purple and gold. Oh, is that their colors? Purple and gold, lavender and and gold. <laughs> yeah. They have moved into town, and I am going to pull for them because they are baseball guys. They're big Cubs fans. I am pulling for the LSU Tigers to win it all. I, I like love that, that pick. And um, if you haven't seen it yet, LSU's catcher, um, he's got a weird name, Trivaluski or Trivel. I, 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 I feel stupid for, for missing out on this. But uh, I'm pretty sure he's Gardner Minshew. Uh, uh, you mentioned that the other night and i went back and looked at the exact same human being he does look exactly like him hayden travitsky is his name so yeah which sounds like a made-up name if i was gardner Minshew and i wanted to play college baseball and i was making a name up to do it i would go with hayden travitsky he looks like doc holiday or he he looks like gardner Minshew. it's not curly it's just um it's a lady slaying mustache okay so that's the only way to put it but he's uh, he's been hitting a ton lately, and well, you gotta love a catcher that yeah. uh, that get, gets a lot of hits, yeah, gets man. a lot of action. Yep, uh, he's uh, Johnny's told me that he kind of came in late in the year and wasn't even a full time starter, and then like they put him in, and he's been crushing the ball ever since. Right. So right. Yeah, LSU is definitely a fun team. I, Smart money would would say LSU or Wake Forest is probably the the teams to get, and I'm I'm basing that solely on pitching. And LSU's or uh, Wake Forest has some hitters, man. They've got two of the top five hitters in in all of college baseball, along with those two pitchers. Was it Rhett Louder and but I forget the other guy's name. Right. But um, it's going to be tough, man. If you can get them, getting them in a three day series is going to be a nightmare. You're going to have to. To does, get Wake does, Forest in the double elimination knockout round. Am I am I thinking of a different team or doesn't didn't LSU lose all their pitchers or something to injury and they have like they're using like their I don't know if about you don't that. Know about it, I, don't I don't know about that. I, I, maybe I'm reading into that wrong, but uh uh, I thought there, that I uh, overheard someone discussing that during one of the games. I mean, it may be. I just uh, thought that they're like down to like nobody. They're still dominating. Well, well, not dominating, but playing well. Speaking of baseball, oh, huh. I thought we we might want to uh, talk about the eruption, eruption like a volcano of America's team. The Cincinnati Reds. Freddie, oh, baby. Man, this last two weeks has been unbelievable as a Reds fan. I've, and for me, uh, coming from a place where I became cognizant of the Reds in about probably 1981 or something, 81, 82, 
when they were just past the days of the Big Red Machine, and then having been a huge fan in 1990 when they won the World Series, and then uh, 2010 and 11, like 10, 11, 12 was pretty good. But man, we have not been this excited about the Red Legs in a long time. Uh, have you seen what they've done the last couple of weeks? And you know, they're only about a game, maybe a game and a half outside of first place. Uh, they're a game and a half as of today. Yeah, game and a half. Uh, 22 comeback wins this year. Third in the major leagues. Um, because good teams don't have to come back. Fifteen and eight on the road since April twenty eighth. Uh, they've won ten of their last twelve road games. They did beat the Ro- uh, take the Royals down. Not that that's saying anything, but but you uh, still have to play a lot well. of a lot of they're the three big words: youth, aggressiveness, grinding. Let's make it four, and fun. Uh, I think those are four words that are into this uh, Reds team. Uh, Like, our leaders are probably 28 years old. A couple of our leaders, uh, one, uh, Tuna, loves. uh, We all love him. Um, And uh, I'm I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm a big McLean fan. I love him. Of course, everyone's on De La Cruz. Fairchild is playing great. Uh, uh, Herrera, we've got some uh, issues in the field. Steer is You had four errors the other night. How oh, many? God. We had six last night. I just want to say that was the oddest box score I think it that was I'd a ever very, seen. Last night's game was insane. I, it, it was the weirdest game. What was it? 15 hits? Yeah, they had fi- the Royals had fifteen, 14, hits. 15 we had, hits, and you guys had four errors. And what'd you win? We three? had three home runs and four at bats at one point, and then the Royals just started going off. And we on errors. I'm talking like a couple of them were real bad errors. Like I, I know uh, Herrera, Herrero, I call him Herrero. Herrera? Yeah, Guerrero. Herrera it's with a B. Isn't yeah, it? no, it's with an H. Herrera is learning how to play. He's he was a shortstop. He's learning how to play the outfield. Well, they ought to bring him down here to Louisville so he can figure it out. Well, they need to because uh, some of the plays that he was making are way off. But uh, I'm not talking negative, baby. We're talking positive. Um, uh, I am so excited. Who's your guy, Tuna? Uh, no, I think Matt McClain and uh, T.J. Friedel. T.J. Friedel, are, who's, are both who's just studs. sat out last night. Yeah. He took a break. but Those are the root of that team. Right. I think They're Ellie the Dela, leaders, uh, along with... Uh, I'm not going to say Ellie Dealey Cruz is up there yet. He's got a lot no. of growing up to do, and you can tell that so L- far. Let me tell you this. Steer has been oh, unbelievable. Love Steer. Love Steer. And he is... Uh, He's a dynamite player for them, and I think he's right now he's kind of the straw that stirs the drink. Right. Well, Matt, what's great about that is I think it's McLean and Tuna thinks it's somebody thinks it's uh, TJ. So when you have three different people with three different opinions on who's stirring the drink, that means you're doing something right. Uh, We haven't even gotten to the pitchers. 
which, uh, you know, that that could go either way. That's always worrisome. But I feel like the pitchers are jumping on that mojo train and really starting to put things together with confidence based on knowing that they have the hitting. Think about the Reds. When they were down, say, uh, the last few years, Six to one, six to two. You know that game's over. Of course. And now the pitchers know that that game is nowhere near over. And that is, as Tuna knows, being a Dodger fan, that's big boy baseball. And uh, it's going to take us a while. We're not there yet, but it is exciting. Can I? I have a confession to make. And this is not going to be popular amongst you guys. I don't like it when the Reds are successful. <laughs> and, and I'm going to explain this. Or the Bengals. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Not, necess- not necessarily the Bengals. That's one thing. But the Reds more so because summertime is the quiet time in the city of Louisville. That's where I can watch my baseball without having to listen <laughs> to too much and, and all this. And, and all these like people will tell me all summer long how much they hate the game of baseball, how terrible it is. It's boring. It's dying. It's a dead sport. And I'm happy with it. Just mind your business. Do what you do. Go to the zoo. Go to Kentucky <laughs> Kingdom. Stay out of my lane and let me enjoy my baseball games. <laughs> and then when the Reds start doing good, this whole city all of a sudden turns into a big red machine and they start loving it. And you can't do anything without hearing about, how about them reds? What about them reds? How about them red legs? Do you remember like how much your owner hates you guys as yes, fans? Yes, And speaking of that, let's talk about the A's here in a minute. But oh, you, your owner was like, hey, you don't have to come to the games. I'll leave. We'll leave this town. Right. He's you know at, what I mean? Dude, when, like, while we're winning, his office lights are off. Yeah, he doesn't like the light. Well, the judge. Tuna, I can't imagine, uh, you know, being a fan of the Reds and really getting upset about someone that uh, will leave a beloved town where the entire neighborhood uh, (laughs) subscribes to, uh, you know, dealing with. That team and uh-huh. loving that team uh-huh. as much as the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> they would never do anything like that, hey, we ever. Ke- we kept the name um, <laughs> to honor the folks in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask those Ma- people yeah. Ask hey, Mari Wills. how they feel about that. This is before my time, guys, so I don't even remember what happened. So, I, I mean, this was, yeah. <laughs> Were, were the Dodgers part of Brooklyn? I didn't even know. I'm going to have my dad on the podcast oh, next week, yeah. maybe, to talk about that. Yeah, oh, let's get, if we can only get Pee Wee Reese back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Vince Scully went with him, so, you know, you got that. Uh, but, no, I, I'm with you, but, like, the Reds are, I mean, they are a fun little team, and they're for a, the longest time. That sounded God, that sounded so bad, didn't it? Didn't he say the Bengals were a fun little team? I mean, they're just a fun little team. Right until he had to run out of the garage bar to try to get a victory. (laughs) Which we did. Oh, my God. I left that garage bar and secured the the, the bag. Cincinnati's an up-and-coming town. Big time, baby. No, football's one thing. The Bengals, they're they're good and everything. And, And the Reds, 
it's just the thing is, is like all these fans around here are going to get so excited and half this team's going to be gone in a year and no, you're going to be not. disappointed again. And we're going to go through this again and it's just nonstop, but hey, maybe just go hey, on back to the zoo. Hey, Joey Votto, chill out. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Speaking of Joey Votto, Every Reds fan that is listening to this telecast right now oh, is going. They're going. I'm not punch quite me in the sure. Face I'm, down the street. I'm not quite sure if we want Joey Votto to come back and screw all this up. And I'm not saying that. I, I, I'm just saying that's what's uh, what they don't want to say. Sure. But we love Joey. We love. I mean, he's given his heart and soul for the for the Reds. But I do believe that that veteran that is kind of still with the team and trying to get back, that's the one thing that I hope doesn't screw this team. I hope he takes a back seat and enjoys the exuberance going on and lets these guys take over the team. So with this late surge, are you guys going to be buyers at the deadline? That is... I've, that is a very interesting a question. Huge question because I've never seen it. Well, I'll tell you the answer. No. No. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. Hey, Tuna. <laughs> I can will. turn your microphone off right here with a press of one button. I know this I mean, hurts. I mean, I can turn it off. I know this I hurts, but I'm just turn it off. being truthful right now. And it sucks. I feel bad for you guys. Just like I feel bad for A's fans. But I don't understand what the A's fans are doing with this reverse boycott. Have you guys heard about oh, this? Wait, a I minute. did hear about. And don't that. forget, didn't I they? Did hear didn't about they that. have? Aren't? Aren't? Isn't this the team that had the squirrel? The possum. The possum that has taken over the, <laughs> over, yes, the over the uh, broadcast booth. Yes, yes. the squirrel has, yes. or possum has taken over the broadcast booth, and now so fans are now showing up and selling out the stadium and saying, "Hey, we show up to games. We want why? Why are you you leaving this this uh, city? And it's a little too late." A's fans, uh, don't get me wrong, I hate seeing Oakland leave Oakland. Like, that's an iconic team that I grew up with. Well, you know what I mean? We all did, yeah. Yeah, we all did. And and it, it sucks that they're going to be in Vegas. I think if but you But now are... you're showing up every day, and you're all you're doing is giving this owner that you hate more money in his pocket. Like, that makes no sense. I, explain that to me, because maybe I'm looking at it differently than what I should be. Well, I mean, I think it was a one-day thing, right? I think it's lasted three, or it's oh. going three. Maybe I'm well, wrong there. I thought it was a one-day thing where uh-huh. they just said, we're just going to show our support, and they know it's a foregone conclusion that that, mm-hmm. that, that, that team's leaving. But I think that they, uh, that they just wanted to say, we love this squad. We love this ball club. And, you know, it's just, we know that they're going to leave, but this is our last chance to say we love this. We love this. So team. what I'll buy is saying, Hey, we love this team and we support this team. What we don't support is our owner. And he is the only reason that we don't come to games. Now, if that was the excuse, then I'd be like, okay, I get that. 
But there's been years that that stadium has there just has been, been desolate. Like you just you're right. They they've kind of done that to themselves, even though they were probably going to leave anyway at some point. But That's I don't right. know. It, it just seems a little too late for for that to happen. And now just going to all the games just kind of sounds like a bad idea to me. But anyway, well, I, I'm not quite sure. But I do think that we need to talk about the Nuggets. Oh, that was probably the roughest transition <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> and if we're if we are going like, all terrain vehicle from base, one topic to I the love next, baseball. But I have we nothing are, to but, add but there. Let's go when Nuggets. We're talking about the Athletics coming back to town in Oakland, and and before midseason, we're in big trouble. Birdsong <laughs> and. Uh, uh, that was a relatively difficult <laughs> transition, but it was the possum that got me. But uh, now that we're here, we do have a couple of guys over here that I think picked uh, the Nuggets to win the NBA championship at the beginning of the playoffs. Uh, wow. I think I had them losing in the finals him. to the Celtics, I think. If only but we I had, had money. a win in the West. No, you had a win in it all, didn't you? I honestly I don't remember. I think you did. I think I thought we all had the Nuggets. We all had the but Nuggets had winning Boston it all. You had finals. Boston in the finals instead yeah. of the Heat. Yeah, but man, and, and none of us bet on the Nuggets at all. The but Nuggets. I, I guess the money wasn't good. No. Were amazing in this uh, NBA playoffs. The Heat played their brains out. And I don't think anybody can take anything away from them. Right. But uh, what did you guys think about the way that the NBA playoffs finished out, and especially the final game? I, uh, it, all right. I thought the playoffs as a whole was awesome. The finals was a bit of a disappointment. Um, I agree. But. All Which in we all, kinda we kind of knew. knew it was going to yeah. happen. And, you know, hats, mean, hats off to the Heat, man. They laid it out there. They gave everything they had. And it just wasn't... The, they played so hard, but they just didn't have the talent to match up. No, the Nuggets right. were a wagon, and The Nuggets man. were sitting there waiting for them on top of that. So they were well-rested. I, I mean, I tell you what, that coach for the Nuggets, God, that guy. I mean, I don't know if I'm I like sure any other coach. Today. I mean that that guy is such a grinder, and I love everything that he says, and he's such a motivator. And and hey, the, not to mention Spolster is the same way. Uh, they're That's both right. they're they are both on top of their game right now. Th those two coaches, but he's such a lifer and a uh, a guy that's that's you you could tell when he was shaking hands with the other players. Uh, uh, when they won uh, the West before they even came to the finals, how much those players came and hugged him. That just other players respect that guy so much. They know what he's given. And, uh, and I love that the Nuggets stuck with him. And I think that's the biggest thing that that guy takes away from this championship is that they stuck with him. They, they organized that team together. 
They got the parts and pieces. They, Dude, this is an old school NBA win. This is an old school NBA. This isn't a team of great no people. Super that all, right, no super, super team. team. And you've got to love that. Like the Aaron Gordons who, let me tell you something. Aaron Gordon's one of them players that could have probably averaged more points and rebounds, but he ended up being the scrapper of the team, the defensive guy. You know, the, the, I really do believe it. And, the, and what about Brown, the unsung hero right. that he was that played great? Uh, all these guys. What about Jeff Green? You know, uh, only missed one shot in the finals, even though he only took 10. But, dude, like these guys, like you had to love this team. You had to be pulling for this team. Like Joker deserves a ring. Uh, uh Jamal Murray deserves a ring after what he did during that right. COVID year. And then he got hurt. Uh, what did he average in that COVID year? Remember, he averaged like 36 a game. Right. And then he, I mean, these guys really did. And I didn't even know Jamal Murray was that much of a charismatic guy. But he really, when you hear his interviews after the game, was up, he is one charismatic kid. Uh that I never knew he even had at Kentucky or anything. And uh, I just thought it was really cool. Uh, and they deserve it. And, hey, kudos to the Nuggets and all the past players. Mutombo, uh, Alex English. Uh, Travis, can we name some more? Um, Fat well, Lever. Alex English is one of my favorite NBA players of yes, all time. So. Yes, yes, uh, Just past great Mahmoud abdul Rauf. Um, just, of course, uh, going way back, uh, Dan Issel. Dan Issel, Don Nelson. Right. Uh, just great, great. Uh, the, the whole Nugget regime has always been cool uh, back in the day. Uh, great jerseys. Uh, and I just think it's cool that they won. Never won an ABA championship, nothing. So a first-time champion for a team that's been there for a long time. Plus, Michael Malone was pounding fireball shots for his speech today. Dude, was, yeah. Was kind of awesome. Dude, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to love yeah. that guy. And, dude, uh, newsflash, they're going to be around for a while. They are. I mean, I, I can't imagine that uh, anything's going to change with that because as you said they're not a super team where they have to pay a bunch of guys a bunch of money to keep that team together they right? all know the roles uh, i mean let me ask you a question is jamal murray now a first all nba first teamer i mean is who's gonna hold that guy back if he doesn't get injured with the confidence he has now I mean, geez. Uh, I mean, that guy can find an average 10 assists in the uh, 26 and 10 and, like, what, five rebounds. Uh, that's freaking sick numbers along right. with Jokic. Like, uh, it's pretty unbelievable uh, that if he doesn't get hurt again, the guy can find his shot when they need someone who can get a shot off uh, and Joker's – uh, you know, doing his thing in the paint or somewhere, you know Jamal Murray can get his shot off when they need one. So, right, man, I'm telling you, they're they're going to be scary moving forward. And the West is a little 
you know, I think the the Steph and them are going to be breaking away. Probably the demise of the Golden State and uh, all these teams are trying to get super teams together. And while they're doing it, they're going to be winning. Right. Um, Did you guys happen to watch any of the uh, NHL, the Stanley Cup? playoffs yeah and other than what was it game three um it was probably one of the most boringest um i agree playoffs that i've seen so we kind of got screwed on the nba and nhl playoffs this, this time around and i'd love to break a lot of that nhl stanley cup down but reality is i was asleep during most of it so, so <laughs> um sorry so, <laughs> that's what i got there but uh, uh, congrats to Vegas, though. I mean, that's that's awesome, um, dude. I mean, what they've yeah. been ex- in existence for what, like six years? Yeah, if Is that, that right? if that, yeah. And now they're world champions, and I, I mean, that's really cool. And that it seems mm-hmm. doesn't it seem is it me or does that seem like that happens in hockey more than any other sport? I, I'd be lying if I said I knew the rules of expansion and how that works and like how they. But the Florida they Panthers have, like, have been champions, and they weren't haven't been around. Look there at the long Kraken. And, this is what their second year, and they were competing yeah, right here late. Wh- in this what, about, right. what about what so, about right. uh, uh, Tabu Solani and all them? Uh, those words. The, the, well, that's a player. Okay. Uh, Paul Paul Korea. Well, well, the Mighty Ducks. I mean, like you can bring up all kinds of teams. <laughs> you talking about Goldberg? And I almost feel like, and I guys out there Gordon Bombay. guys out there in Canada listening to me that want to punch me in the face like is it me or has like Calgary or Winnipeg or someone not won forever like like well, the diehards that have long? been there through the grinds and Am I wrong about that? Because I'm not claiming to know this. Well, I think the United States has just taken over hockey from Canada. Um, but, dude, I, I almost feel like from here on out, I'm pulling for those diehard Saskatchewan. Are you talking about the original uh, six? I yeah, guess the Blackhawks or the Bruins were the last well, the Bruins of the original six. They to have, win. But they have won not long ago. I'm talking about the diehard Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. Even the Canadians have won. Me talking about hockey is like me talking about horse racing. So I I, okay. I, I don't really know a whole lot about what's oh, going I thought on. You, well, NSCC football, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. No, no, but uh, but I'm not kidding. Like Ottawa and Winnipeg seem like they've been there since Chris Berman started ESPN. Uh-huh. And I've never heard them win. Uh, a championship. And well, I'm how long has it been? It's been, it's been something forever since a Canadian team has won the the Stanley Cup, right? Like, I mean, I'm not sure, but I'm going to tell you right now. Moving forward, that is who is my team. Like I'm pulling for a <laughs> Saskatchewan. No, not they. They are not a team. They are not a team. Well, maybe that's their problem. If they had pro- a team, they they'd a, probably win it. Uh, just so you know, I'm I'm not a, a history or a uh, geography buff, but they are a province. 1993 Montreal Canadiens was the last. That's time. what I said. Yeah, the Canadians okay. are the last team to win, and I'm I can tell you that I don't think any of those diehard old school teams have won in forever. Well, I know. Isn't this the first series or, or first playoff game that, or first playoff series, I guess, that 
the Toronto Maple Leafs one was this year. There you go. Yeah. Right. And, and But I feel like the Maple Leafs have been way better than Winnipeg and Ottawa. Well, they're kind of supposed to be the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL, correct? In Canada? Like That's Toronto right. Toronto is like That's Canada's right. team right. and so on. But I think that I'm starting to get some fans, I think. Freddie Benders is getting some fans from Ottawa and Winnipeg are going, you're damn right, we ain't want nothing and we want you on our bandwagon from here on out. <laughs> Because no. I'm telling you. Well, let's take the show on a Canadian tour and get them on your bandwagon. Let's I go. would love to do let's that. Let's go. But, hey, thanks for the uh, – You're going to speak French, seeing how you look like I'm, a Frenchman, so you're going <laughs> to order my food all week. I'm glad that we got that hockey in there. Awesome. And, guys, uh, let's kind of start putting a bow on this episode hey, by – can I say one more thing real sure. quick? One thing that we missed about – have we talked U.S. Open yet? Uh, not to really a, to a certain extent, but okay. But, but, but I, I don't was, remember. Yeah, I, I don't was, think we have. I was going to get into something else quickly. Oh, okay, okay. Because I have a qu- I had a question about the U.S. Open. Sure. Um, we do have this uh, United States Mexico game going on behind us right now. The score it's is a zero match. to zero. It is a match. <laughs> <laughs> Us true soccer fans know that. 37th minute. God, there's uh, a lot here. of hate out there on the um, pitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goal! Christian Pulisic. And that is USA. A, uh, that is a, uh, what wow. they would call a, uh, a viral moment here. Wow, and Freddie called cool it. Damn. That? I'm so pumped. You what called a shot. it after the ball went in the goal. You I, said goal after it went in. I said it you as didn't it was going that. in. Yeah, no, I didn't predict it, but I got to say, Christian Pelusic. <laughs> like, I'm so. Are they pulling it back? They're pulling it back? No, they're not. Uh, in true kickball fashion, something oh, different. I think he celebrated too oh, much. Oh, it's Little Rainia. I think it's. Little Rainia's out there. Excessive celebration. Yeah, he has blonde hair. <laughs> All right. Watch this. I, the people listening, they can't watch this. Well, look, Rainia miss hit the ball totally. It was a – I mean, no one – oh, yeah, it could be offsides. It could be offsides here. Uh, this is look hot. at 20 right there. He might be offsides. See him right there? He's offsides. Yeah, but he didn't touch the ball. No, well, it doesn't matter. He don't have – if he touches it, he's not offsides. The mere fact that he didn't touch it, he probably is offsides. Yay. Um, but that was so cool, and they counted it. All right. That's a goal, guys. Hey, we're up one nothing in the greatest rivalry in America, soccer, in American soccer. Tuna, did you even know that uh, the United States and Mexico plays these type of games from time to time? Somebody told me. Um, about the history of it and that there was a documentary on Amazon that I should watch. And I have yet to been able to find time to get to that. So (laughs) I've watched, I've been busy. I watched American gladiators 30 for 30 for the, uh, 18th time. So I haven't had time. Did you watch the bill Walton? No. All right. Part one and part two. Why is there have to, why does there have to be four parts to a bill Walton documentary? 
Because well, he's one of the greatest basketball I, I players that, that ever lived. But can we not put that... Like, all these documentaries you used to be able to make an hour and a half to two hour long documentary. Now everything is like six parts or four parts. No, this you're is a right. little overdrawn, the Jordan, man. The Jordan thing, the Derek Jeter thing. The, like, I, get I think Tom Brady's Man in an Arena was like 24 episodes. Uh, Tom I mean, Brady, what the hell? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean... I get it. And, and Derek Jeter, he's probably got like, I don't yeah. know, an entire year's worth of shows. Yeah. So uh, Bill Walton's great and, and I love him. And I, honestly, I love listening to him call Pac 12 games. I don't remember him watching play or remember watching him play basketball much because it was a little bit ahead of me. But I feel right. like that's a lot of TV time for well, Bill Walton. He's one of the greatest winners of all time. I mean, I'm going to watch it. And but he's also a guy that I think. Tuna, somebody like you that doesn't understand the greatness that he had. Mm -hmm. And not just that, but he was such a different guy off the court. He was a big, he, he, he like, was a big social, he, he did. I'll tell you what, Tuna, if, if you get bored with his story after two episodes, just turn it off. Yeah, that's I usually what I do. <laughs> by, the, by like the, the, the fourth hour of watching something on I one mean, person, I start to dislike that person but after you, a while. But you have to admit, but like, if, correct me if I'm wrong, and I haven't looked at my Bill Walton history, mm -hmm. but he was one of the greatest winners of all time in college. Of course. And, and then, and also at the same time was a, what was a, uh, made a stand against the Vietnam War. He uh, did. A huge stand. Like, he was, went was to jail. It was a big deal. And, but no, and, he didn't go to jail. But No, he did go to jail one time. He was arrested well, on he, campus. He might have been jail. arrested for, but he didn't go to jail because. No, he went to jail because he was, he was a. Uh, right. Yeah. Just, just. Yeah, he, he was protesting, there protesting or right. whatever. But he, but. But the other thing was, is then he goes on to the pros and wins a championship uh -huh. with injured, no, and, and injured. I think you're missing is, my point on this. Like, I wasn't degrading Bill Walton by saying oh, that no. that's too much for that. I'm saying this is a trend that's happening with documentaries. Oh, no, like, I get it. Like, it's almost becoming too much. I like, just thought you didn't like redheads. I, <laughs> uh and that's but, just maybe but, just no, me being a grumpy it. old but, but bastard. A, I don't know, but man. This is but a, like this was a weird thirty for thirty that yeah. was a part one and two. Not many thirty for thirties are part one, part two. Mm. Now all these things that these players are doing themselves, like Jordan, mm -hmm. like Jeter, like Tom Brady, those are things that I and if, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they are highly involved in that. In that documentary. Yes, they are. And that is why they want to make sure you don't miss nothing. Mm -hmm. And they're getting a little bit uh, from here, from there. This was a random 30 for 30 that was part one. Kind of like the Miami Hurricanes. I didn't need a part one and part two mm -hmm. for a Miami Hurricane team that choked in 1993 to Alabama. Like, I didn't need Drink. part one, part two. That because was, uh, no, theoretically, the, I'm going to explain why you, to you. See, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I mean, they, there was they a were, reason for a part one and a part two on that. that. It was because the U went down after that first stint, and it was the build back up with Butch Davis. You know what I mean? I guess and they never I, and, won. And I would say that never the reason after. for this with uh, Walton is because he he is the maybe one of the greatest college basketball players of all times. 
goes into the NBA, is one of the most dominant NBA players of all time. Hurt. And then gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And then comes back as sixth man of the year, I believe in 86. For the Celtics. And helps the Celtics win a, another championship. And then it's all the off-court stuff. and Grateful Dead. And <laughs> the kind of the dichotomy be, between Walton and who is his idol and, you know, his mentor is uh, John Wooden. And so you have kind of this guy that's the opposite of Wooden, right? Oh, dude, to a level that I don't think, to the extreme level that I'm not sure that anyone's ever gotten. But, man, they loved each other. He loves him. He credits him with so much of his success. But they couldn't be more different. From a you know a political standpoint or a mm. social standpoint or anything like that, I I think the point that I was trying to make was like how you go from like watching these hour long documentaries like a football life where you get an hour on Barry Sanders, you get an hour on such and such or you know Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, and then like all of a sudden somebody comes along and everything now that you turn on has at least three to four parts to it. And right. it's like, it's a lot of TV to consume, man. It like is. at least, yeah, but man, how can you, how can you say that you can distill Walter Payton's life down to an hour? I mean, I want to see two or three hours on that. Okay. Personally. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw my hands up and I'll surrender because if there's viewers out there that want to watch all four episodes and enjoy every bit of it, then there's there's people and there's an audience for it and continue doing what you're doing. So, cheer. You guys win that argument. Uh, it's just not for me. I'll say that. It's if there's viewers, then by God, consume it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I know what I'm going to consume all weekend. Yes. And what would that be? The U.S. Open. A bunch of Fred. champagne and high noon. Speaking probably. of Bill Walton, he would be proud as hell where the U.S. Open is. Right now, we slide right into Los Angeles Country Club. And uh, it's funny because Tuna and I were talking earlier tonight. You uh, all right, Tuna? Yeah, why? Well, before we... Uh, <laughs> Why'd you ask that? He's just a little fired up. <laughs> Am I fired up? A little bit. Before we started recording tonight, uh, Tuna and I were talking about the U.S. Open and I mentioned that I thought that this course reminded me of, like, when I was a kid, like Jack Nicholas and Tom Watson and those guys playing. I mean, you know, it's it's a kind of a unmanicured around the around the sand traps and things like that. And Tuna was saying that he didn't find anything necessarily exciting about this course. And I find that interesting because I think that misquoted. Some, well, okay. I think that some of this might be our generation difference, and the fact that I grew up watching U.S. Opens mm-hmm. that were played on courses like this. I said it looks like Pebble Beach used to be right, in the early right, '80s. Right, like, like this is a Bermuda grass rough, and that that is kind of unheard of. That. Barranca in in between and the 
and the greens that turn yellow at night and stuff. Right. Um, Wide fairways. Now, we had two guys shoot 62 today, which is well, unbelievable. incredible. Was that Dr. Wu? Or no? <laughs> no. no. Dylan Wu? Dylan. Uh, Tuna, why don't you uh, give me your thoughts on the U.S. Open? Uh, I'm yeah. curious for the listeners to hear it. It wasn't... Um... That it there was nothing exciting about this course because there's tons of exciting stuff on this course. I said on television it's not aesthetically pleasing, which with Pebble Beach you have the ocean, you have the rocks, you have the views and everything. This I'm getting some hotel in in, in uh, <laughs> Bel Air in the backdrop. It is and like, weird. It's there's like really, a golden tee game. Just, there's nothing about it that and, 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 and Travis even made this quote earlier. It reminded him of watching golf before hd existed and i couldn't agree more with that that's true it is it's very it's a total strange setup all around one of my favorite things about watching golf is the beauty of the course and all the the character that the the, the course will bring throughout and like the the landscape the, the the you know the architecture of the course and everything that goes in and with this it's just and this is just my personal opinion it's just not aesthetically pleasing to my particular eye but as far as the play itself, um, first of all, I feel like they should just eliminate all holes and make them play the six hole 18 times because that hole is a nightmare. Uh, yeah. And watching every guy's approach to that hole has oh been – because they all have different ways you that they're attacking it. you want to. And I would love to be just like a fly on the green – out there yeah, watching these caddies the night right before there. all out there trying to study right you know right. how they're going to come into this right. and I, I i don't know i think that's fascinating i, I would either hang there at the number 15 uh the 80 yard yeah. part three there too <laughs> yeah which is and then the Wasn't other like part three 70 77 i believe yeah, it was like 77, 77 yards yeah. Yeah. and then you've got the other part threes that are long as hell <laughs> yeah, yeah. dude it is a this course has a bit of everything, it does. if you will. It does. And um, I know what you're saying from a television aspect. But that's not going to prevent me from watching it. Like, I'm going to watch the golf and the quality of golf enjoy every second. Especially what? when it goes till 10 o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. That's see, that's another thing I love. I oh. I kind of wish that almost every big golf event was played on yeah. the West Coast because it's, it's really kind of awesome. I was listening to the uh, to the radio coverage when I was on my way home tonight and uh they were talking about that and then they mentioned the fact that uh i think it's going to be on the east coast or at least in the eastern time zone like the next two or three years and i thought man it's so much fun to be able to as i mean we're watching it right now or it it just finished Mm -hmm. you know at nine o'clock like we get to watch big time major golf at nine o'clock at night. And I always think that is super cool. Well, I mean, there's nothing better. I mean, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, you can be like, honey, Sunday's father's day. Where do I want to be? I'm at my local pub with all the guys and we're going to watch golf till nine at night. I mean, does it get better than that when you're an East coaster? Uh, so used to tournaments ending at 6.30 p.m. and then 60 minutes comes on. Mm-hmm. Tick, 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 tick. No, it's the worst like, sound in the world. Work. Nothing creates I gotta more work anxiety in the morning. than that sound. Oh, Jesus, I got to do my homework. Yeah. What in the hell is that? Uh, 
But on top of that, I will say this, and I'm not sure if y'all have read about this, but uh, there's a big, big deal going on with with uh, NBC and how people last year were irate with the, including the president of of the of the U.S. beast, whatever. Uh, they were so mad that there were so many commercials that cut in to the golf that was going on during the U.S. Open. And uh, I want to let it be known that they did something about it. And there are 30% fewer commercials that will be shown during this telecast this weekend of commercials from NBC. It was a big deal. Like uh, a lot of, I mean, you wouldn't believe all the, the bad feedback that they got. And I'm talking from people that were on the board and everything. And uh, they, you know, they, they took it in, they made it happen. So hopefully there won't be uh, tons of commercial breaks. And uh, based on sponsorship, they're like, we're still going to make a ton of money. It's all good. Oh, of course. But uh, they, they were like, there's got to be something we can do about it. And thank God they did. I'm not a fan of NBC doing golf. But uh, I'm more of a Jim Nance guy. Oh, we, we love but, Jim Nance. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I will say that at least as long as they're cutting out the commercials, I can handle anything. I thought the coverage today was pretty good, and I think Terry Gannon is very oh, good. He's great. Kind of the host. Tuna, do you know who Terry Gannon is? Yes, I do. Um, he? he was well it was well today i don't know he, he hosted the, the golf today um what did he do in his life that i should know about travis tell him i'm sure i'm about to get lectured what what do he do he was uh enough to make an eight-part documentary series about him well he was one of the guards on the 1983 nc state Wolfpack team that won the national championship okay i had no idea well that was we How actually, many do? We've actually spoken about this on this podcast. Yeah, before, I space because, out a lot. Because, because <laughs> he was thinking of a one-liner. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't it's realize probably counting Super Bowl rings. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was the same Terry Gannon until I saw the thirty for thirty about the eighty-three Wolf Pack, and I was like. Freddie knew. How do I know that guy? And I was like, oh, my God. I thought that he was, like, there to interview the team. I didn't realize he was the starting, one of the starting guards. He was pretty good, too. Hmm. I think he was all, uh, I think he was all conference. Uh, but, no, but, but but moving forward, Travis, he is really good and getting better, yeah, by I, the way. He I is think he's really great. good for NBC. And uh, while we're on the U.S. Open, Tuna, I'm going to throw it to you. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Mm-hmm. Who wins the U.S. Open, and what do you think the winning shot total will be? Oh, um... I'm going to go with a long shot here and say Sam Bennett, the young kid who just came up from being an amateur and is actually mm-hmm. pro now. Uh, everybody remembers him from the Masters yes. where he finished, uh, yeah. what was it, 16th, tied for oh, 16th. Played great. And really cool um, he had a good day today. If he can keep it calm, um, 
I like for him to work his way up the board. Uh, I feel like Xander Shoffley is going to choke at some point, and I would love it to would see Ricky cool Fowler to hold on to that because I love Ricky Fowler. Let's go, Ricky. I would too. But I'm going to say Sam Bennett in a stunner wins this with a minus nine for right. the tournament. Fred. Well, uh, I uh, just in case anyone knows, I had I put a little money on one person before my Wi-Fi went out, and uh, that's a long story. But I have money on Morikawa because bill, he's bro. played this course, and uh, he he has didn't play that well today. Uh, I also uh, Travis and I have uh, some push for Cameron Smith. <clears throat> L-I-V, uh, but we, 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 uh, it's all one. Now. It's all one now. Uh, Cameron Smith, watching and Brooks and Rose. Rory chuck it up today, walking but, down the fairway Phil was played fun. well today, but I'm going to tell you, I am going to be the, I, I mean, let me tell you, I don't know who on the planet would not be pulling for Ricky Fowler. If he were to win, no doubt. And I mean, dude, the, the kid's so cool. He he doesn't whine and bitch that he hasn't been playing well and that he changed his swing and this that and the other and, and one that, of the best sports center commercials ever made. Well, dude, he's one, right. he's one of the brat pack, and and he never you never hear anything where he's trying to get. He's always there to shake someone's hand when they win at the end. Um, uh, you know, I'm gonna. I, he he was an ex gamer. I mean, he's he's an athlete in other sports. Like, come on, dude. Who don't think Ricky Fowler's one of the coolest mofos in the game? He is cooler than the other side of the pillow, uh, as Stuart Scott would say. For real. Right. And outcast. But I am going to say that Dustin Johnson wins the uh, U.S. Open uh, I think he's minus three right now. He's minus six right minus now. Minus six. Well, he's already won life. And uh, he so. was minus three when I saw it, so now I'm really pumped up. But uh, he, I think he's going to win it, and I think he's going to be minus eight. All right. I love that. Um, I am going to take, as I typically do every week, I'm going to take Rory this week. And I'm going to say that the winning score, now Rory is minus five. He tees off at 11.24 tomorrow. He's got the eye of the tiger right now. I'm going to say that Rory ends up minus 11. Ooh. And minus 11 is the winning score. Um, fellas, uh, before we get out of here, I want to throw it around the room quickly. Tuna, do you have anything... Uh, to add here at the end of the episode. Yeah, two things real quick. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had a meeting today with the New England Patriots, and if you step back and look at it, that marriage makes perfect sense to me. It does. Um, and Belichick has been clamoring to get a top wide receiver. He hasn't had one since really Randy Moss. Um, and I think that we could, if that happens, we could really see Mac Jones grow a lot as a wide receiver, and uh, especially with a uh, new offensive coordinator up there, who Jerry Freddie seems to know really well. And also, Netflix um, released a trailer for a series uh, called Quarterback, 
where it mm. focuses on following I, I saw um, that. three quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota, which is an odd mix AJ of people. What? No. Oh. Um, so you have Patrick Mahomes, who's at the top of his game, Marcus Mariota, who's struggling to keep a starting job in the NFL, and some guy in Minnesota that loves to square dance, and I'm not really <laughs> sure where this is going to go. I guess Joe Burrow is in the but Bahamas. It so. could be good, um, and I'm going to pass it on to Frederick. Well, I have a couple things. Please. Uh, number one, while we were still kind of on golf, did you all find it strange that Jay Monahan was – Ill did did y'all? I mean, I just want to get y'all's opinion. I don't on pay that. anything or any attention not, to what Jay Monahan does anymore. But or did says. you did y'all not find that strange that that was just a weird? I'm not saying that it happened when it happened, but it is very strange that just out of the blue, I'm watching live at the U.S. Open last night, and it's our yes day before yesterday or whatever, and it comes out that he is ill, and and I don't know the way players talk about it. Doesn't sound like it was just like a a routine uh, 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 a tooth extraction that he had. Well, it was like, don't you think that he's been under an unbelievable amount of stress? Mm-hmm. Totally. I think I mentioned on our text thread last night, if you remember what happened to uh, Bart Giamatti when he was investigating the, or, you know, he was in kind of in charge of, when Pete Rose was being investigated, I don't think people that are of a certain age realize what an unbelievably big story that was when Pete Rose was being investigated. And Bart Giamatti died of a heart attack basically right in the middle of that whole investigation. investigation. And... Uh, and Obviously, I'm not saying that that's the same thing that happened with Moynihan or anything oh, like no, that. But, no. but I do think that uh, there's probably something to the fact that he's been under so much stress and pressure that, uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't need a little bit of time to get away. So you don't think he was poisoned? No, I don't know. I don't think he was poisoned. Possibility. Oh my hey, god. man, these sliders are great. Come on over. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, anyways, no. Hey, uh, best of health to Jay Monahan. Hope he gets back uh, uh, and and is able to watch the U.S. Open and uh, gets back uh, in good health. Um, I do want to give a shout out to. The Manchester City, Manchester City, uh, country Matt Tuna. Did you not know who won? Who is the UEFA club champions yeah, of the world? Manchester City. Manchester City. <laughs> they won yeah. one nil. Yeah. You know what nil means? Yeah, zero. It means nothing. They, <laughs> <laughs> they won one nil over Inter. Milan. And, uh, no, no, enter. No, not Sandman. enter Milan. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they won. Uh, one Didn't they beat Inter in Milan? Great, in a great match that was a defensive battle. The goalkeeper uh, played spectacular. I've Congrats. never seen so many saves in my life. But they 
got the treble. Do you know what the treble is? I have Tuna. No I'm looking forward the to the treble you is me. the you win it it's only happened in nineteen ninety nine by Manchester United. They won the FA Cup, the Premiership, and the Champions League, all three. That is called the treble. And that is pretty strong when you do something like that. Good stuff. Kudos to Manchester City. Hooray. Fred, is that it? That's it for Fred. Oh, my goodness. Good to be back. Well, we are uh, really glad to have you back. And we're obviously always grateful for all of our listeners each and every week. Uh, we hope that uh, you will reach out to us on social media. Uh, give us a like. Uh, uh, give us a uh, five-star review on wherever you uh, listen to your particular podcasts. I think tonight has been really fun. We have a lot of stuff to look forward to this oh, weekend. That, that and, guy uh, was dressed like a chimichurri. <laughs> <laughs> that was... the. Dude, this robbery is dirty. Because a guy was dressed like <laughs> I don't know, a but I want to know why this robbery is so dirty. I'm we'll watch a video, to, and I'll, it'll explain I'm it. I'm going to watch a documentary. I am going to have to uh, go double time on uh, editing this week's podcast. Nah, let it ride. Oh, but, uh, let it ride. We look forward to uh, next week uh, where we'll be back with you. Uh, thank you all for listening so much. For the big fellow of the tuna country, Matt Kempf, and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders, this is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody.